Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's great to have you with us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling, and we've got some great storytelling for you today. But first, we want to remind you that we drop a few of these mini episodes of the show each week in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop. This Thursday, you're going to want to join us for a wonderful performance by the South Carolina Storytelling Tim Lowry, who joined us in the Appleseed studio to tell us the rollicking tale of how he got a particular jacket that he loves. If you love travel, if you are attached to a particular article of clothing, there are all kinds of reasons to join us on Thursday for a terrific story from Tim Lowry and, of course, a lot more. Uh, In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by Heather Bigley, one of our producers. Heather, it's great to have you with me. Hello. What are we going to hear today on our Appleseed Bite? Today we are hearing a Cinderella story from the Micmac people called Little Burnt Face, and this is told to us by Milbury Birch. Milbury Birch, the wonderful storyteller who told this story at the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival. That's where this recording comes from. And of course, this story is one of hundreds and hundreds of stories from cultures all over the world that are kind of the same shape as the story that we know as Cinderella, right? We've become sort of culturally attuned to that Kind of one version of the story, but there are versions from all over the place. This is a terrific one. Milbury Birch is the storyteller, and we're happy to bring it to you here on The Appleseed. Now, the story is also told in 900 different ways around the world. But when a motif or the bones of a story idea travels to a new place, it dresses itself in the close of its new homeland. And that is certainly true in this Micmac Indian legend, sometimes called the Indian Cinderella, and sometimes called Little Burnt Face. Now because of the aspen trees all around me where I'm staying here, this story asks to be told. Once there was a brave warrior named Strongwind who had such powerful magic he could make himself (gasps) invisible. So he could walk among his enemies and they would not know he was there. He could listen to their battle plans and they would not know he heard. He could defeat them in war and they would not know how. Strongwind. Now a man like that gets to be famous. And many young women wanted to marry him. Those who did would go down to the tent where he lived with his sister by the water and call his sister out, and together the women would step along the edge of the river until just as the sun was setting, Strongwind's sister would point and say, Here he comes. Can you see my brother? And the girls who wanted to marry him would look and see nothing because Strongwind was (gasps) invisible. But they wanted to marry him so badly they would lie. One might say, yes, I see him. Another might say, I think I see him. And either way, Strongwind's sister knew those girls were lying. So she said, look again. Tell me what he uses to pull his sled along the ground. Again, the girls would look. Again, they would see nothing. Again, they would lie. 
Some might say a strong pole, another might say a piece of rawhide, and either way, Strongwind's sister laughed in their faces and sent them home without a husband. Now, not far from the tent, there lived a chief in a village. His wife had died long ago, but he had three daughters, and of the three, the youngest was beautiful, and she had a gentle heart, and her sisters were jealous of her. So little by little, they stole from her her clothing until she had nothing but rags to wear. They took away her earrings, her necklaces, her bracelets until she had no fine jewelry at all. One time, they cut off her long, black, beautiful hair, and they took a burning stick and they singed the edges so that her hair was burnt and rough and stood on end. And once, because their jealousy would not die, they took hot coals and they burned her face. (gasps) And they told their father she had done it herself. But through all of this, she kept her gentle heart. Now the two older girls wanted to seek strong wind and become his wife. Since they couldn't agree who should go first, they went together arguing the whole way. And when they reached the tent, they roughly called strong wind's sister out. She stood and looked at them and said, what is it you want? And they said, We want Strongwin for our husband. I see, she said. Then you walk here and you walk here. And they stepped along the edge of the river until just at sunset, Strongwin's sister pointed and said, here he comes. Can you see my brother? And first the one looked. And then the other one looked. And of course they saw nothing. Strongwind was (gasps) invisible. But they saw each other from the corners of their eyes and neither wanted to be the second one to speak. And so they said, yes, I saw him. Oh, I saw him first. Good. Then you can tell me what he uses to pull his sled along the ground. And again the girls looked. Again they saw each other. And they lied with one voice. Rawhide. Surely it's rawhide. And Strongwind's sister laughed in their faces and sent them home without a husband. Now one day their little sister, the one with the scarred face and the gentle heart, decided that she would seek Strongwind for her husband. Since she had no fine clothes to wear, she left the village dressed in rags, her burnt hair standing on end. And her sister stood at the edge of the village and called, Silly girl! Ugly girl! Scar-faced girl! Strongwind will never take you for his wife! And so it was that when she reached the tent, she waited outside, her eyes to the ground, and did not say a word, so that when Strongwind's sister stepped out of the tent, she was surprised to find a girl standing there, and a strange-looking girl it was. What is it you want? Without looking up, the scar-faced girl said, I want Strongwind for my husband. Strongwind's sister looked at her for a long time. And then she took her hand and said, come with me. And together they walked along the edge of the river until just at sunset. Strongwind's sister pointed and said, here he comes. Can you see my brother? And for the first time, the scar-faced girl raised her eyes up. And then she lowered them again. No, I see nothing. And Strongwind's sister began to smile because she knew that this girl was telling the truth. Look again. Tell me what he uses to pull his sled along the ground. 
Again, the scar-faced girl looked. <gasps> and this time she gasped because Strongwind had made himself visible to her. He is a magic person. He uses a rainbow to pull his sled. Yes, he does, said Strongwind's sister. Look one more time. See what his bowstring is made of. Well, the scar-faced girl was almost afraid to look. But she raised her eyes up. His bowstring is made of the Milky Way. It is indeed, said Strongwind's sister. And she took this girl by her hands and she led her back to the tent. And there she took away from her her ragged dress and she gave her, gave her a new dress to wear. And then she took water and she bathed this girl's face. And when she was done, the scars were gone. And then she took a comb and she combed this girl's hair. And as she combed, it grew longer and blacker and more beautiful. And at last she gave her earrings and necklaces and bracelets so that when strong wind stepped into the tent, he found a lovely girl with a gentle heart. And he made her his wife. And after that, she went everywhere with him, and she helped him with his magic. But he did not forget her sisters, and he sought them out to punish them. And this time, they saw him coming. <gasps> and he turned them into trees. He turned them into aspen trees. And to this day, when the wind blows through the aspen trees, the leaves quiver and shake because they remember the power of strong wind and their cruelty to their sister. The story just now. I have been telling that since I was a young storyteller starting out in Providence, Rhode Island in the early 80s. And I had noticed about Little Burnt Face that everyone attended to it with a deepness of listening, from very young to the very old. So I went to the St. Louis Storytelling Festival. And at that festival, which happens chiefly in the museum under the arch, uh, they would send you to various outreach places to tell stories in the city. And I got sent to a children's hospital. And they had us performing in the day room at the end of the hallway. Now, it's a little bit challenging to tell stories to a room full of people who don't feel good. But as you know, story can take us out of where we are and into a place we might rather be. And that seemed to be true for these kids. Just before we started, they brought one last little girl in, and they, she was sitting in a wheelchair with an ivy attached. She had a few golden curls right around her face, and the rest of her head was bald. She was being treated for cancer. As it happened, I chose this story to tell in that oleo that day. And when I got to the part where the girl's hair grows back, I happened to look at this child, and her face was radiant and I thought this is the moment 
for which I have learned this story. And afterwards, I went up to her and I said, you really listened to that story well. And she said, I really liked it. Now, I went home to Rhode Island, and I was telling a storyteller friend about my experience, and she said what I had felt that day. I hope that little girl lives to see the day that her hair grows back. And hearing my friend say what I had thought, I understood something new. While she was listening to the story, she was living through that day. And sometimes, that's all we get. And sometimes, that's enough. Recorded live at the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival, largest storytelling festival in the West, and for more than 30 years, putting great storytellers on the stage and in the classroom and in the concert hall. A pleasure to share that story with you, Little Burnt Face, a story told for you by Milbury Birch. Uh, and, of course, it, 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 it's, a, it's a wonderful story about the intersection between the stories that we hear and the lives that we live, right? Yes, and how for many of us, we pick up a story and we carry it around with us and it means a very certain thing. And then we'll put it down and we might pick it up later and it'll mean something else. Yeah. And so for that little girl, it means my hair will grow back. Yeah. That's what she hears. Though for the culture that told the story and all the cultures that tell the story, there's something more about... Why are kids so mean to each other? (laughs) Why don't kids get along? What is wrong? Um, And sometimes you can't solve that problem. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So magic helps solve the problem. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think about all the, you know, you have you in the in the in the familiar version of Cinderella. We're talking about sort of a young heroine who is. The underdog, partly because she's younger than her stepsisters, partly because she's outnumbered by her stepsisters, and partly because she's less devious and diabolical than her stepsisters, <laughs> right? And so we work sometimes in stories to make our hero be the underdog. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I, I'm thinking about stories in which you've got like, uh, you know, Jack tales in which Jack and his two brothers are the you know, adventurers, and Jack winds up winning the day, even though he's youngest, outnumbered, and oftentimes simplest of the right. of, of, of the gang. You know? Yeah, there's a lot we tell about having heart. Yeah. If you have the right heart, you can win. Uh, our sports movies certainly look like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, if you're an athlete, must be really disappointing to watch. Right. Like, yeah. I spent all this time training, and yeah. it's the guys with the big hearts it's that the, win? Yeah. <laughs> what? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, I, I find myself moved by the way that stories that, again, as you say, we thought we uh, understood to be one thing come back, come to the rescue in in other ways, ways that we hadn't thought of. 
And this is a neat example of that, uh, of that, right? Little Burnt Face, the story told for you by Milbury Birch. My pleasure to have Heather Bigley in the studio to share it with us. Heather, thanks for bringing us that story today. Thanks so much. It was great. And, of course, join us uh, on Thursday for a terrific performance by the South Carolina storyteller Tim Lowry, recorded before our terrific studio audience uh, live in the Appleseed studio. You won't want to miss how I got the jacket. Uh, Join us on Thursday. I'm Sam Payne. Can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a bite. Brought to you by the Appleseed.